Well, hello again. Um, this is Peter and, uh, with Creating Hope Together uh, podcast and going to come to you today and we're going to do uh, another podcast. We're going to focus in on some uh, mental health type uh, information for you today. I hope you get a lot out of this and um, just have a chance to kind of see what might be going on in your world. And I did want to say for sure, like my little disclaimer is that um, this information that we're about to share with you is uh, is information um, that's come to us from a lifetime of of dealing with our emotions, things like that, and dealing with these issues. So if any of this really touches you, please go to your medical professional, seek out medical help, and uh, get their advice. It's very important to do that. Don't be ashamed that you have to go in. There's many, many people that have these issues, um, but get the help that you need. And please come back here to um, our podcasts, go online. There's a lot of information there, but definitely seek out that medical help. There's people there uh, ready to help you. And today uh, hosting with me is um, Rebecca, and I'm going to put it over to Rebecca right now, and we'll get started. So, okay, well Thank <laughs> you. 
yeah, that's that's fantastic information. Um, and I think the the biggest key there is um, you know identifying what's going on with you, and is it just uh, an an anger thing, or is it just like you're mad at something, or um, identifying what these things are is really the key uh, to you to be able to, uh, if you need it, uh, to get the help that's necessary, uh, doing some research, again, medical doctors, therapists, things like that. Um, These things can be so subtle that we don't really realize what they are but they're so pervasive in us. They're, they're so built into the foundation of, of who we are, how we react to the outside world, how we react to family, friends, uh, you know, close people to us in how our relationships develop. And so it's really important to look at those, you know, acute, chronic, complex. Um, they, you could have, you know, the acute, you could continually relive it over and over and over and over again. And then it becomes because, it, you know, somehow your brain doesn't process. We'll talk about that. Your brain doesn't process it properly. And so it's a daily recurring trauma in you. Then it becomes a chronic trauma. Um, I, I think, you know, that then it could go, you know, to, through these different stages, kind of fluid. So be very vigilant of uh, kind of what you're going on with your, your own mental health and really go ahead and attack it and take control of it. And Rebecca, that's just, that's fantastic information. Um, so st- these stages of trauma um, first of all, I think probably one that, you know, maybe my middle name should be is, um, denial. Things like, you know, this can't be happening to me. This is not real. This didn't happen. And you're going to find that these stages are very similar to other, uh, things that happen in our life. The second stage is the anger stage. You know, why did this happen to me? Why am I, why was I the victim of this particular trauma? Um, Bargaining, you know, um, you know, I will never ask for anything again. Um, If only you will take this away from me or never do this again, or, you know, uh, then comes the next stage is, is depression, um, where you just, the dark cloud is always there and your, you take your regular who you are and then this trauma happens and it affects you and then you quickly adapt to the trauma and make it part of you. And so that always comes out in all these ways, how we drive 
how we if we road rage, if we uh, how our work performance is, how our relationships go, and then finally through all this work and all of the process that we can go through if we take responsibility for the fact that you know what I have this. Now it's up to me to go after it and do the work, find the help. And that's where that acceptance comes in. And once we can accept the that part, that's when we start to see the light. That's when we start to see progress. That's where we start to see hope. That's where we start to trust. And um, they're all there. It's going to happen. Maybe not in that order, but those things are going to be part of the process of our trauma. Um, and really, I looked at the, what was the definition of, of trauma? It is a deeply distressing or disturbing experience. Kind of a, wow, that's pretty simple pretty straightforward. Um, but that's, there's a lot in there. And um, so those are what I have for the stages of trauma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
You're welcome. And uh, so what can, there, there's like a, this, this fine, fine line is because for me and where I've had, um, where my current work is being done is in my a childhood trauma. A lot of the, the work that I've been doing in, in, it keeps pointing to that. And what these traumas can do, you know, it, it can change your characteristics. Oh, he used to be such a happy little boy or a good kid. Now he's somehow acting out in class and doing all this. We as a, as a young person, we don't get it. We don't understand that. Um, is there a, uh, at that young age, is there a, a presence of a, a mental health condition of some sort? ADD, um, it, depression at that young age where it's really hard to, to find that. Um, is there a history of, you know, uh, exposure to, you know, a series of traumatic events at that, at that younger age? Um, what is the what is a person's background or training or ability to approach handling all these emotions that come, you know, slamming us as we grow older, teenagers, and then into adulthood? You know, we, we, we tend to bring a lot of that to uh, the, our space today and really don't understand like, wow, why am I, why is all this stuff here where, you know, we're smarter, we have more wisdom, we have the ability to start looking at these things and get the help for them. So this, this fine line thing that, that can start to happen is, you know, from, you know, a traumatized person, I won't use victim because victim is just another little trap to keep us stuck in that mode. Um, we were traumatized by something. Um, but then if we're living in the trauma and we understand there's these behaviors that going on, go, go on another type of, of trauma for me, for sure was self-inflicted because I didn't know how to handle it, who to handle it with. I didn't want to deal with it. So some of the things that I had done, some of the behavior, some of the actions, um, some of the non-action uh, really caused some havoc in my world. So um, because of like, what are those responses, you know? You know, anger, fear, sadness, shame, confusion, you know, anxiety, <laughs> um, feeling those feelings of hopelessness, guilt. And, you know, as getting having a relationship, having children, you know, bringing those particular things into uh, that particular relationship, particularly for me, created a very difficult situation for my wife at the time, 
and uh, ultimately my children. And so, um, and I didn't know, I didn't know what to do. By the time I went to go get some help where we just called it depression at that time, um, you know, the pretty much that self-infliction part was, it was already done. So I was, you know, there was another trauma from a divorce, you know. So it was like this self-inflicted situation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was also looking at, um, you know, we have being able to um, identify, I guess, some of these things. What, you know, what, you know, could be things as simple as uh, headaches, digestive problems, tired all the time, uh, racing heart, uh, feeling jumpy. Um, sometimes people will experience what they call, you know, hyper arousal. Uh, it, it's when you feel that you're in a constant state of alertness. Um, I found that in my work that I've been doing was I was constantly in that mode. In um, I was just constantly on uh hear a knock at the door hear a little tree branch hit the window or uh hear a car door slam out there or 
it was just always, oh, somebody's coming, somebody's here, somebody's going to, you know, something's going to be taken away. Um, and I was like that for, well, lately in the last, you know, two and a half years or so, um, that was most of my existence in that hyper alert. And it really changes your brain. And um, it took it, you know, taking work to to go ahead and kind of try to shut that down. <clears throat> and uh, but it's so worth it. I'm telling you, it was you can tell when you're in a calmer mode um, because being hyper alert, all you want to do is, you know, hide in your room, darken the windows, pull the covers over your head and. And just stay. Um Yeah. Yeah. Keep going. No, you go. <laughs> yeah, I... Okay, I would say it's funny, you know, that uh, uh, sorcotic, is that what that word was? Sclerotic, okay. So um, I definitely lived like that, very rigid, not open to uh, many things, Um and I had that early on. They sent a uh, psychiatrist in to 
school when I was in grade school and had to go meet with her on a regular basis, uh, weekly. And, uh, she couldn't get through. She, I mean, I think she just threw up her hands and just couldn't get through. I, um, I wouldn't let it in, let her in. Um, but when I grew up, I became, uh, you know, therapy was bad. Um, all the, you know, chiropractic was ridiculous. Um, the uh, acupuncture is hocus pocus. It's, you know, doesn't, it's just a joke. Um, and, you know, therapy, I went to therapy, saw a variety of different doctors. And <clears throat> the key thing for that is, is that if one therapy person doesn't connect with you, then f find another one. Don't let that one be the answer to, oh, it's all, it's never going to work for me. You have to search out, you have to try them on, just like you try shoes on and clothes on. Well, I found a therapist and one of the key things was what we call, you know, cognitive therapy, which is simply just talk therapy, you know, a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, that um, I'm back, by the way. Um, The, you know, that that term, when you said that, it's like, you know, it's like the term uh, outside looking in um, more so, I think, for for me was I was inside looking out at this this thing that was doing my bidding. I was always in there, but it was like, gosh, you know, that's just that's not it's really not me who I'm presenting, you know, to the world. And uh, I think the the one of the bigger things in in our discussions that we were talking about <clears throat> uh, with trauma and things like that. I think the the worst thing that I can do is say, um, you know, because I, I, you know, I had, I had it all, you know, uh, the, you know, family, the bullies, the um, authority figures at the, the private schools I went to, you know, the list can go on and on. But for me to go to blame X person X is does such a disservice to to my process to help me move forward and does a disservice to them as well because they're I have no idea or you know at a time in time I I did learn a lot where man, they had their own trauma. Uh, you mentioned generational trauma. What was what happened to them? And what happened to their parents and the parents before them? And how did, you know, all these things kind of come down, down the way? And um, I decided to look at it today. You know what? I'm still here today. I'm able to do a podcast. I've, I've got children that, that I adore. And, um, the, uh, because I've done the work, I, you know, stop the, the blaming, the curse, uh, try to end that generational curse. And, um, so this individual blame thing is just, I think it, and you mentioned roadblocks. It's just another roadblock for me to go forward. And once I remove that roadblock, I, I don't actually remove it. I, I, I replace it. I place it over here. So when I decide, when I get into some whatever mindset, I hit that and say, mm, can't go back that way. There's no sense in going back that way. Just keep moving moving forward because if i look at just particularly my family you know how we grew up and everything um they're all fantastic miracles and you know they love me i love them and um you know we all have our stuff and it's as simple as that and to go back and blame uh trying to hang on to Gosh, you know, that one bully that really, really bullied me, physically abused me and beat me up all the time. 
Really? Okay. I've got the pile of trauma. And so it's mine now. And I'm responsible for it. And I'm responsible to go ahead and work on it and get rid of it. So that's been a real, real eye-opener for me. And um, so that's kind of what hit me when I was uh, talking about that and some of the things you had said there. Yeah. Um, what are some of the things that, you know, holding on to it? Um, why do you think you or we tend to do that? What's the, what's the, what's the, is there comfort there or is there um, familiarity there?
it does. It does. Because I, I guess I see it as, you know, and um, I think when I talk about a, a variety of different topics, you know, addiction, um, trauma, um, depression, anxiety, um, the, and maybe it's the rigidity that happens too, is that um, we come to trust that um, because it's so familiar and we always know what it is when we're living in it and we process everything through that particular lens you know, you remove the lens and then what happens? It's like, oh my gosh, now I have to trust this new process. Trust isn't, wasn't really high on my list, you know, of things. Uh, forgiveness, faith that it's going to work out. Well, you know, I can hang on to this and kind of be, even though it is kind of tearing me up and affects others and, you know, limits, you know, possibilities for me. Um, I migrated to it so many times. And, uh, so breaking free of that has been, uh, wonderful for me, um, to where, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to be there. I, I, I'd rather be out, you know, where, you know, I'm freer. Yep. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, self-medicate, you know, it shuts down a lot of the the thoughts and the feelings and the ramblings of the, of the, you know, traumatic brain. Um, you know, I was looking at uh, a number of things in this research and um, I can go, I have a, you know, how the brain responds to trauma. If you, if I could go into that a little bit. Um, it's really that, you know, our brain is really an amazing thing. Um, obviously does everything for us. It controls everything, our hands, our speech. Um, it, our brain makes us who we are. And it gets programmed in such a way that that's who we are. But we can reprogram that and... Um, it's almost like at times we can feel like we're fighting a, a constant battle with our brain. 
um, because we've experienced this trauma and abuse, uh, serious injury, again, natural disasters, um, there's a risk of developing, you know, the post-traumatic stress disorder. And, you know, we don't have to be in a, a war zone um, and things like that to where, you know, PTSD is so prevalent and so horrible. Um, but people, you know, in our daily lives, you know, living through, you know, certain traumas, we, we're susceptible to it. And, um, and it just affects the way our brain is. Um, there are just some specific areas of the brain that are impacted by traumatic uh, events. Um, the first one is the amygdala, and its job is to control our emotions for survival instincts, memory. Um, this area of the brain is that is for the fight or flight response. Um, some who have experienced the trauma, the amygdala can become hyperactive, uh, making us intensely aware of everything around them, things we've already covered before. But that's that part of the brain that does that. Um, it's uh, our brain. It's a way of making sure that, you know, we're either able to get away from people, places, events that may cause us harm and can make it very difficult for us to relax, sleep, enjoy activities outside uh, the comfort zone. Um, that's where, for me, a lot of my trauma was stuck there. And through that EMDR process, it processes it through um, to where, the, you know, the second thing was the hippocampus. And it's the area of our brain for learning and memory. So the amygdala is where it is and stays and starts. And hopefully it doesn't stay. But through the EMDR process, it gets to the, and it becomes a memory. So, yeah, um, there, people have had experienced traumatic events, you know, that have a, like a smaller hippocampus. So it, physiology is there than um, others that haven't and don't have a, a smaller one. So that can be a factor. Um, Research has shown us that due to uh, hormones that are released when someone experiences frequent high-level stress, uh, cortisol, um, I have um, bouts of this particular release of cortisol when a stressful event is pending. Um, and it makes me... Um, just going to the store, coming back from the store, and then having to it basically, you know, I'm dry heaving in the in the driveway because it was just so intense. And I was just going to buy my ding-dongs and a gallon of milk, you know. <laughs> um, and then the third area of the brain that's impacted is the prefrontal cortex. And it's responsible for regulating our emotions. 
Now, all of these have been programmed in such a way through our trauma, through our lifetime. Um, but you, we can always, through treatment, cognitive therapy, alternate therapies, all kinds of different things, we have the ability to, to really reprogram the brain um, away from the way it is now. You know, we can actually change the physiology of our brain by positive thought, uh, different therapies, all kinds of those things. It's just, it's an amazing, amazing thing. So it's just not, um, you know, we're emotionally weak or uh, fragile or whatever. Um, it can be, it, it gets to be, it's a physical thing. It's a psychological thing. And, um, but there's a way out. There's a way forward. There, there truly is. And, you know, uh, Rebecca and I are, you know, examples of that, that have lived through some things and um, want to put this information out there just simply to help others, help people get on a path, um, to take a look at it, to move forward, live a little bit, you know, live a better life and uh, have better relationships. And, um, and it's really important for us that um, we're able to do this because it's not something that is real simple, you know, putting us out there because we have, you know, the way our brains are, are wired. So, um, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so just remember, um, again, um, I'm Peter. I have a podcast. I'm on Twitter, uh, Creating Hope Together. Uh, join me there. Um, my podcast is on Spotify, Anchor, um, just Google uh, Creating Hope Together, and you'll be able to find that Um and uh, we're going to uh, hopefully start doing some more things on YouTube and things like that. Um, but the key thing is, is uh, get as much information as you can and um, reach out to us if you want. And then, Rebecca, what, uh, what's your, again, your handle and all that on the social part?
Gotcha. Do you want to uh, uh, try to stop recording, stay on after? I got a couple of things for you after. All right. Have a great day, all. Hope this helped you.